Welcome to today's broadcast of Kingdom Authority with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Tune in each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Vlog Talk Radio through Kingdom Empowerment Incorporated. Follow Dancia on Facebook at Dancia Jones-Morris or DanciaJ.com. You can also call your hosts and guests at area code 646-668-2413. Thank you for joining Kingdom Authority. And now here's your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Kingdom Authority. Welcome to Kingdom Authority. I am your host, Dancia, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. So glad you could be here with us on this wonderful evening. I tell you, this is the day that the Lord is I will rejoice and be glad in it. We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. This is the season. It is about the decorations, but it is our to say I am. So what a wonderful season. I'm excited about this season. The Christmas season is here, y'all. So if you're still shopping and going about, take a few minutes and get on the broadcast. Come along so that we can talk about some things on tonight's journey to freedom. I hope you're taking authority in your territory. It is that time for you to walk into your purpose, and you can do that with kingdom authority. He has given us power. He's given us power. He's given us dominion. In the earth, dominion in our sphere of influence. What a great God to think enough about us to give us spiritual gifts so that we can activate the word of God in our sphere of influence. It's a blessing. I'm telling you, it's a blessing to be able to operate in the kingdom of God and with kingdom authority. Once again, I hope you're so many people waiting. You take the authority God has destined you to do. And tonight, things are going to be presented that will help you walk in that authority. I'm excited and nervous at the same time. I couldn't wait to ask and have this woman, this young lady, this woman of God, this author, this to come on the broadcast. So I'm excited, y'all. It's going to be a blast. That's what I say. It's going to be a blast. So before we go into tonight's broadcast, I want to go ahead and pray. And, of course, you know we have to make sure that we honor God in everything we do. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, first of all, for being God. We thank you for being El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. We thank you, O God, for being Elohim. We honor you and praise you. You are more than enough and you're everywhere. You are such a great God. We thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for sending Jesus, our Savior, into this earth as we celebrate his birth, his coming to this earth, God. Thank you, Father, for being our Redeemer and our hope, our hope for generations to come, Father. Thank you, O God, for just being 
who you are. And so we bless you and we praise you for such a time as this, God, just to stop and say thank you for endowing us with spiritual gifts, those who claim you. We thank you for endowing us with spiritual gifts. And what a gift you have given to this woman of God. We bless you, Father, for what you are doing, you're going to do in her life. Thank you for opening doors. Thank you for enlarging her territory. Oh, God, we pray, enlarge Holland B. Nancy's territory in the name of Jesus. Keep her ready, Father, for what is to come. Father, we thank you, oh, God for just being able to free us, Father, as we walk into your freedom. You said, Lord, if we accept, if we just go ahead and delight ourselves in you, you will give us desires of our heart, Father, and that to be free has to be freed in you. And it has to be the truth, God, that comes from from out from our situation, our experience. So thank you, God, for freedom. And so as we go into this time, Father, let your presence and your glory be all over it, Father. We thank you, O oh God, for the creativity uh, of Holland B. Nance. And we say yes, Lord, to what you are going to do and have done in her life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. What a beautiful night it is. I hope you're ready. For this woman of God, those who are tuning in, clicking link, and you're on listening on the um, website, thank you so much for tuning in to Kingdom Authority on tonight. I tell you, I want to read this real briefly about our our guest on on this evening. And I've been watching her for about three or four years. You never know who's watching you, y'all. You better we better do right. You never know who's watching you. And so I've been watching her, and I wanted to bring her on the broadcast. And then um, I heard the Lord again say to to contact her, and she is now on. She's so gracious. Thank you for coming on. So let me just read something about this this young lady. Um, Holland B. Nance is a writer, speaker, and entrepreneur who desires to impact lives with the liberating truth of Jesus Christ. Holland co-founded a young girls group to teach life skills, personal and spiritual development, and has provided post-abortion coaching for women and led Bible studies for teens facing crisis pregnancies. Let me tell you, right there, that's authority. Holland has also taught workshops on job interviewing, resume writing, and basic job skills for teen mothers and ex-criminal offenders. Holland provides business consulting and coaching and is a creativity advocate who believes each person is uniquely gifted by God with abilities to create a niche for their interests and passions. A native of Charlotte, North Carolina, Holland B. Nance now resides in Tucson, Arizona. I'm excited about her on tonight. Would you please welcome Holland B. Nance? And Holland, if you can just greet our listening audience on this evening. Good evening and hello, everyone. Oh, my goodness, what a pleasure it is just to share this time with you. So thank you so much, Dancia, for having me. Awesome. I'm excited about tonight. I, I I know that when I asked you um, the first time that it was a while, and so I wanted to ask again, and I told you I was nervous about asking you because when I see you, you exemplify, your presence exemplifies excellence. Um, And you may not see it that way, but I do, 
and I'm sure there's others. So I am so grateful that you decided to spend this time because I know you could have been doing all the stuff. So I appreciate you on tonight. <laughs> well, I, I'm grateful <laughs> and humbled at the invitation. <laughs> I'm amazed when you say you've been observing for three to four years, and I, I'm I'm just not aware, but I'm grateful that the Lord placed me on your heart and uh, wanted to spend some time sharing together tonight. Awesome. Well, let's just jump right into it. So we're talking about your book, I'm Accepted, and it it talks about um, walking the journey from rejection to freedom. But before we do that, let's let's find out, who is Holland B. Nance? Well, (laughs) just to make a, I guess to really simplify it in its most pure form, I just really want to be a representative of hope, that no matter what your experiences, mistakes, failures, successes, or anything that life has brought to your door, there's always hope. Hope to know that nothing that has happened dictates or defines or even designs or declares what tomorrow will be. And also the hope that we know and we have through Jesus Christ that he has truly a plan for our lives and that nothing that we've experienced can eradicate that plan or diminish all that God has created us to be. So everything that I am, you know, the book talks about my family life and some of the experiences that I've had. And if I began to share all of my personal testimonies, (laughs) we could be on this broadcast for hours. But I've been through all sorts of situations in life, and God has been really faithful. But I stand on the knowledge and understanding that I'm not any different from anyone else. And it's not because I was just a stellar, you know, person who was an awesome woman of God who checked every box and got everything right. No, I made a whole lot of mistakes, <laughs> and some of them on purpose. But God has been faithful, and he's been so, so very gracious to me. And I just want to share the message of hope and provide the um, encouragement and inspiration and even sometimes motivation to help people get closer not only to God, but closer to the purpose that he's created us all to fulfill. Man, I love that. I love that. I love that you said a representative of hope and sharing the message of hope. And really, that's what the that's what the Bible is all about. It's about giving us hope for an expected end. And I, this life, this journey... So many people just need to hold on to that. So how did you come up with a representative of hope? (laughs) I I think that's, that's the only way I can describe my life. If I started to list all of the things that I've experienced and what I've gone through, all of it just says, you know, there's hope. And and I know what it feels like to, to sit in the position where you just don't feel hope that you don't feel hope is available and feeling hopeless that you don't have any other recourse or any other support systems. I know what that feels like. So if I can ever be a reminder and a representative to people who are feeling desolate and alone and just completely overtaken with the issues of life, then I feel like the reason why I'm breathing right now has meaning and purpose. 
But I know what it feels like to be on the other end of that spectrum. So I have um, a lot of compassion for people who are feeling like they are at the end of their rope and they don't have another step to take. And just to remind them that, hey, God loves you, hasn't forgotten about you, and let's walk this thing out. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's important how you said, let's walk this. You say that in the book, and we're going to get to the book, but you say that, let's walk this together. And Oh, my goodness, I'm probably going to jump right into it. You say, let's take a walk <laughs> together. I think that's the word, verbs you use, and I'm trying to do it from memory. And when, when yeah. you said that, I was like, oh, my goodness. She's not saying you all do that. You're saying, come along with me as I come go alongside of you and take you through mm-hmm. a journey that I've been through, and I'm going to help you get through it. That's different yes. from saying, go. Talk, right. Talk about that real quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I call this a journey because I really believe that throughout life we're always in the process, right, um, that we're always moving closer and closer to everything that God wants and has designed for us to be, but it's an ongoing process and a journey. So I'm only a few steps ahead of some people who may read my book. So I'm still walking wow. towards mine, and I'm still overcoming, you know, the, the book specifically deals with rejection and disappointment and heartbreak. So because we've come to a level of knowledge or understanding doesn't mean we won't ever be faced with those issues again. So we're constantly moving in this journey, and as we experience it and know more and understand God more and understand who he's created us to be even more, we handle challenges differently and with more expertise, but we're still on the journey. So I'm walking with you. I know what it feels like. I've been probably in in many of the situations that many of the readers have been in. So I'm not just saying, go, do what I said. No, let's continue to do this together. I still go back and read my own book (laughs) to remember and encourage myself when I'm being faced again with another challenge. My goodness. And I think that's what makes you so – so that's why I'm going to say now, and it is about you on tonight, okay, and it's about those being free as well. So, But I want to make sure and – you know, give you your flowers right now because that's what's so, I guess that's the excellence that you exude because you you definitely show that you're touchable and that you're reachable. Yeah, praise God for that. Really yeah. And so that would help people to go through the journey with you. So let me ask you this, though. You say that you're a creative advocate. What is that? Absolutely, yes. For me, the creativity advocate, um, because of the many attributes and characteristics of God, you know, along with his undying grace, mercy, and love for us, the other attribute that stands out so profoundly for me is his creative attributes, that he can speak a thing and it comes into being in existence. So because we were made and formed in his image, I believe that we have access to all of those attributes. And that attribute of creativity, to me, is one of the most powerful ones, especially when we are um, in the earth, able to take the the gifts that he's provided and the resources that he's made available to us and create some really beautiful things. So I always look for um, a, a different approach to handling some things that we may find to be pretty minuscule or even just day-to-day 
um, matters or issues. So a lot of times I work with um, coaching clients and business clients, but I'm always looking for an, a creative approach to address whatever their needs are or to provide a, a better service to the marketplace. So I'm always looking to do things a little different <laughs> or a little bit out of the box, so to speak, than the average person or what the typical response might be. That's good because there's so many different personalities, you know, so many different ways of doing things and so many, um, first of all, generations, generationally, that's going to be helpful. And so that makes you um, reachable once again. I think about a lot of people, they get stuck in their same way of doing things, and then they can't, they become, um, I don't know what the word is, become out of touch. Mm-hmm. And so people can't relate, unrelatable, that's what it is. They become unrelatable to different generations or genres or ethnic backgrounds and so forth and, and cultural, you know, differences. They're not diverse any longer. And I'm, I'm not really sure if I like the word diversity more, but they're not diverse. And so with that creativity, what I'm hearing from you, it makes you more relatable. And oh, I, I certainly it. hope so. That's, that's the goal, right? One of the, the key things that um, God is always pricking my heart about is remaining humble and always, you know, being available to, to check my humility. Because it's easy to get into your own, you know, when you're talking about giving flowers, <laughs> It's easy to start smelling your own flowers, so it's always important for me to remain humble and approachable and always remain teachable, right? I'm not ever in a position, no matter what I've done well or what I've I've experienced in life and what I've overcome, I'm never in a position to say I know everything about that because every new day presents a new opportunity to learn more, and the creative approach to life just requires a, a fresh look. Right, if you walk through your house, sometimes just even at a different level, you know, if you're wearing heels, you know, ladies, sometimes if we're moving around in space wearing heels, sometimes we see things from a different perspective than we are when we're just walking on a more flat wow. level. Sometimes if we bring ourselves low, we can see things from a different perspective when we just lower ourselves. We see the world and our environment from a whole different perspective. So I really believe in taking a fresh view of sometimes things that we think we're already familiar with. And just changing your level sometimes will help you see it in a brand-new, fresh way. I really want to keep going on that, changing that level. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, someone needs to tweet that. You need to change your level. <laughs> change the level. Okay, Reverend, you can preach it. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I got some scriptures already. Okay, all right. So let me just ask, let me go ahead. Let's dive into this. Um, what inspired you to, to deliver this message to the world, in particular, some of the parts of the story that you told? Why this message? Well, um, frankly, and I, I've shared this in other settings. I did not intend to write a book, and when the book was written, I never intended. Well, initially, I did not desire to press enter when it comes to releasing it for public um, availability. <laughs> but it truly became gotcha. um, it became a mandate on my life, um, and I, I truly felt the spirit of God saying, "If you do not release this material, 
and share this information to the world, there's going to be some serious consequences. So I had to obey, especially when it felt like my life was in the balance um, about releasing this and making it available to everyone. Because certainly I was grateful for what God had done for me, and I wrote through it just to kind of journal and um, release some of that. But because of some of the intimate things that are shared in this book, I didn't want everybody to know that. Um, and it's a hard thing wow. to just say, okay, I'm going to release all of these things so that people can read and know and maybe criticize or judge or whatever they may choose or however they may choose to respond. But it was an imperative that it be released. Wow. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, this will reach several who are in, if not the same exact thing, um, very similar, and to help them free, be freed. Because many of us, the truth be told, have gone through it. <laughs> many of mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to yeah. so get right into the book. This, this opening line of your book, you stated um, that was the truth. And let me just make sure I read it verbatim. That was the truth. Well, that's how it seemed back when my mother and father were divorced when I was five years old, all I knew was that my father was gone and my mother played the song Misty Blue by Dorothy Moore on her eight-track play. First of all, when you said eight-track player, that dated me. But I will tell you, <laughs> this introduces an idea just right out the gate that the truth is not always the truth. So kind of mm-hmm. tell us about that thought. Absolutely, because the the issue was my father was at home one day and the next day he wasn't, and nobody said anything about why not. And I had to draw some conclusions based on the little teeny pieces of information I had and observations that I'd made. And the observation was that he left our family to be with another lady who had a son and he had a previous son from an earlier marriage, and I'm the only female child out of this whole scenario, so surely it is because I am not a son that this situation is no longer acceptable to him. And I grabbed that my father left our family because I was his daughter and not his son. And just right there, I said, okay, well, that's the explanation There's nothing I can do about that because I am, you know, I'm a girl, and he doesn't like little girls, so it's all my fault. And that was the truth that I began to um, develop and to create all sorts of frameworks about life and my own identity based on that total misinterpretation, but that's what I, I gathered. Wow. So as a coach, what would you what would you say to those who have developed because we do this a lot. We take a little bit of information and we make it mean something big for us throughout our life. Our mm-hmm. whole life we make it mean something. So what do you say to those as a coach to expand that knowledge maybe or I don't know, what do you what do you do for them when they're when they take that little bit and make it mean something else? Right. Well, it's always important to gather more information, right? Um, There's uh, one of the seven habits of highly successful people says 
Seek to understand and then be understood. So gathering information is critical. Now, there are some times where you don't have access to the source, but we do have access to the source of all knowledge and understanding, which through prayer and communion with God, Holy Spirit can begin to reveal and give us insights to some of that stuff that we don't always have immediate answers. But when we begin to just gather little pieces and draw a whole picture, when we just have a few dots and connecting dots that really don't belong together, we have to really be diligent about getting more information. Mm. I can tell you, you said something about connecting dots that really shouldn't be connected. So Mm -hmm. that speaks volumes to me because I'm very good at connecting dots that shouldn't be connected. And then I mess up the whole um, solution. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the solution doesn't become the solution. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes it takes a lot of courage, right? It takes courage to ask hard questions. It takes courage to ask hard questions to other people, but it even takes more courage to ask hard questions of yourself. And I'm a big believer in questioning yourself, your motives, your intentions, all of those things. And sometimes it starts with asking yourself certain questions. Like, why am I putting these dots together? Is this something that's more of a reflection of me, or is this really a reflection of what's really happening with this matter? Oh my! Oh my! Y'all hear that? Because that is that is a that we have to ask ourselves those questions so we can get a better understanding. First of all, of who we are, and what we do, mm-hmm. and how we do it, how we think, how we function. You know, all those different things. That if we can, and this is, I guess I'm kind of asking and saying at the same time. So correct me, Coach. Nance, when you get a chance on this one, <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of times we tend to go into situations, do make certain decisions because we really don't know our, not necessarily our plan, but our purpose. And as a result, we make decisions just on a whim. Right, right. Um, I, I think you're right on it. I think one thing that's really critical for us to understand is um, our identity, our identity in Christ, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and our identity in this particular matter, whether it's in the business sector or in personal relationships, who are we in this scenario? And it doesn't necessarily mean that those identities have to be different from one scenario to the next to the next. It really works well when all of those things are congruent. But it's important that we identify who we are in these scenarios because identity really does lead to purpose. When we have a clear understanding of who we are, it is easy for us to identify why we are existing in this space and what it is that we need to accomplish in that space. And then once we have a clear path to our identity and understanding our purpose in that scenario or in that space or relationship, then it's Uh easy to understand What are my motivations? What are my key steps? What are my core values in this space? Because those are the things Mm. that will help to to define and help you in those tough decision-making points because you can always point back, well, that doesn't align with who I am, so I can't do that. That's not the decision I would make if I'm fully in alignment with who I am in this space. Or, yes, this is in total agreement 
with who I am in this space. So, yes, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to push it through. But knowing that identity, knowing your purpose will help you understand. It's it's really important to, to really grab a hold of that because when things become rocky or uncertain and behaviors start happening that don't line up, we can quickly draw ourselves right back into alignment. My goodness. That kind of brings me into those, um, I think there were seven devices that you said um, in, in the book. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of skipping, I'm sorry, but the seven devices, and one of those was distraction and um, disappointments, and those dis- disappointments and distractions help us to actually, it can detour us from our identity, our true identity of who Christ says we are. And I thought mm-hmm. those were interesting. Can you touch on those devices just a little bit? Sure. Um, the, the purpose of the devices is this whole discussion of rejection and not having a clear understanding of who you are in Christ. Um, the enemy has devices that he uses to keep us in a constant swirl and whirlwind of moving through one cycle of insecurity, of disappointment, of heartbreak and rejection over and over and feeling so much less than everything that God has developed and um, created us to be, right? So the de- devices are discord, discord and unforgiveness. Uh, distractions, disappointment, and discouragement, deceit and dishonesty, double-mindedness, and disobedience. So when we see those activities and behaviors showing up in our lives, we are in the midst of being used, and these devices are keeping us from moving forward in everything that God is equipping us to do. My goodness. So I'm being a little transparent. I mostly identify with the whole double-mindedness and going mm-hmm. back into that and that bad habit. And, and you know, because I'm naturally, when I say naturally, I'm not saying spiritually. I'm naturally, you know, want to be a people pleaser based on the fact that, you know, I went through a lot of different things and being called big-lipped, ugly, and, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I was I say I was thick boned, not fat, <laughs> and I was taller than everyone, darker than all yeah. my cousins, you know, and full lips, and you know all these different things, Coke bottle glasses, you know how that is, and so oh, yeah. I went through all of that, and so I wanted to please people, and, and it's like what you said in the book, I wanted to get the approval, and if if they like me, if they hit my Facebook page, if we have Facebook back in the 70s, if they said like, I would count them up. Mm-hmm. Who likes it? Who likes what I'm saying? You know, what, what are they saying about it? Did they comment? Oh, they didn't comment about that. I got to put something out there that they're going to say they like, that they're going to comment <laughs> about. And, ooh, let me see if I can put something on Facebook in the 1970s that they're really going to put a heart on because that's the next mm-hmm. level. <laughs> mm-hmm. And right. so what what got me was that double-mindedness, you know, and then I'm, since I'm trying to please someone sometimes and God is slowly bringing me out of that with his word and washing me. But this, mm-hmm. this struck me, and I, po- I posted this on Facebook, living in a constant state of compromise causes us to be emotionally stuck and leaves us wondering why we are not able to progress in life. 
Mm-hmm. I that literally floored me. Well, it didn't floor me because I was on a plane, but that literally <laughs> floored me emotionally. Right. <laughs> so, can mm-hmm. you just help us with that? Because a lot of people going back and forth, and we compromise our standards. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about women with standards. I'm talking about men with standards. I'm talking about men in the church, women in the church. We compromise our standard because we want this approval, those triple A's you were talking about, and we want this approval. Yeah. So talk about that just a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I was laughing, but I I relate to everything that you're saying about growing up in the 70s, right, being dark-skinned, wearing glasses, and (laughs) big-boned, taller than everybody else. That is absolutely (laughs) uh, my experience. So I, I laugh because, you know, not I laugh because now we have victory over all of that, right? We find beauty in the, the yes. hue of our skin tone and the fact that I can yes. wear cool glasses and people believe what I say because they think I'm smart because I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a blessing, right? And you said a really phenomenal thing about as you are working through um, getting more steady, right, from the double-mindedness through the word of God, because I believe the answer to having a standard is knowing what God says about a matter, right, that double-mindedness can't happen once your mind is made up, and the best way to have a made-up mind is have an answer according to the word of God. So, yes, it's going to require you to invest in some time studying, to understand, okay, so in this particular situation, uh, the last time I was confronted with X, Y, or Z, what does the word of God say about this? How do I develop my own standards so that when I am challenged again in that space, I know instantly where to go for an answer? So mm. the, the whole process of refusing, setting your mind, because a lot of this begins with setting your mind and setting your will into a certain position, like I will no longer compromise on these things, right, because I have a standard, and my standard is backed by the word of God. So I don't have to worry about whether or not you accept it, approve it, or believe it, because it is settled in heaven, and this is where I am on this matter. Hmm. Oh, that's so great. That's so great to know. So I'm kind of jumping around, but there was one part of this, um, where you talked about, you made an analogy about prison inmates, and it was about you said something about the escape plan. Oh yeah. Can you please help <laughs> on this? Understand a little bit about that. I don't want to give all the book away because y'all need to get the book. So I'm going to say that now. All right, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, for the listeners, I think it's important to have an escape plan, right? If we see ourselves moving in um, a pattern of life where we are not. Um, fully enjoying or or fully even um, taking advantage of all of the wonderful things that God has provided and has given to us, anytime we have opportunities and we instantly talk ourselves out of it, we're like, oh, no, that's not going to work out for me because these things never work out for me, or no, I'm not deserving of that opportunity because I'm not I'm not in the right space or I'm not smart enough or I'm not the right person, I don't have the right skills, or I'm just, you know, at the bare bones, not good enough for this opportunity. 
we have to begin to set our minds ready to escape. So I make an analogy, right, about um, when prisoners plan to escape from a correctional facility, they understand that there are going to be a lot of risk. They understand that there is a potential to injure themselves. Um, they understand there's a potential for them to be killed if they are um, caught or discovered. Um, they have the potential of being caught and put right back into the same prison they escaped from. But the analogy is not to encourage inmates to escape, but it certainly is to encourage us to break out of those mindsets, right, to understand that everything that God has already ordained and lined out for us is fully available to us. But we now have to to set our minds to say, okay, I am willing to take a chance. I'm willing to step out there. I'm willing to break the typical mold that I would normally sit in and take absolutely advantage of everything that God presents to me. Because God's plan is sure and God's plan is certain. So when he brings those things forward, it's to grow us up, it's to develop us, but he has the ability to even sometimes supernaturally equip us to handle and to manage those things that he brings toward us. My my goodness. So that plan is, I mean, the biggest thing I got of that, I got to be willing to take the risk. You have to be mm-hmm. willing to take the risk. We have to be willing to take the risk because there are going to be some risks, mm-hmm. you know, but if we, we have the right mindset and we get on our um, look at it from a different level, then we can see what God has for us through right. our escape plan. I thought that, I thought that was a beautiful analogy that you made. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to go to something cause, and give you a few moments to say whatever you else you want to say about the book and share. Um, on page one seventeen, it talks. I wanted to actually read that. If you want to read it, you certainly can. On page 117 through 118, and it's it's the part that you talked about the box, the, the walk into freedom, and okay, I read this I don't know how many times. So probably just you know just to get the message across in 117 through the first couple of paragraphs of 118. Would you like to read your um, book to the audience? Sure, absolutely. I'd love to read for the listeners. Um, It says, picture yourself in a box. In the beginning, the box is very large, and you have space to move around the box as freely as you choose. Over time, the box seems to get smaller and smaller. Your space is becoming limited. The longer you stay in the box, the more cramped you become. Each day, you develop a pattern of moving around in the the confined space. Since the box is too short for you to fully stand up, you move with your head lowered to make sure you don't brush your head on the ceiling. The box is not wide enough for you to extend your arms out on each side, so you make small, concentrated movements that fall within the width of your body. Your arms, legs, and back still have full range of motion, but since there is no space and bigger movements are met with pain, why bother? One day, the walls of the box are taken away. Your head is down, focusing on concentrated, small movements, and you never notice that there is more light and there are other people moving around you. You are still leaning forward as if the box were still there. 
Sometimes mm. someone comes someone comes and asks you why you always have your head down and make such small movements. Your only reply is that it hurts too much to do it the other way. Mm. Do you want me to con- you want me to continue? No, can you just um well yeah, probably that next paragraph because then it talks about okay. rejection and then if you can just help us with that. Sure. That is exactly where I was, living a confined life in a mental and emotional box. Rejection created the box, and I inhabited that space, allowing it to squeeze and limit every part of my being. The truth mm. is, Jesus Jesus came to set me free and remove the walls of the box, but I had not realized my freedom. I was mm. a Christian mm. and still confined by unresolved rejection. I was a Christian and still seeking external AAA. I was a Christian and still filling voids to avoid filling the void that only the acceptance of God's unconditional love could completely occupy. So the book is based on Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, and um, it says, To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. But this whole analogy about living in the box and living in confined spaces, when you truly have full access and freedom to do as much as, you know, to fully live an unlimited life, the, the truth is sometimes because we've set limitations on ourselves, we move and live our lives as if we're confined, right? We purposely choose to do the smaller when the large is available to us. We purpose and we choose to take the lesser when more is absolutely available to us because we don't feel like we're worthy and we somehow have confined our own self. We've set limitations on ourselves when God has truly given us, you know, as the scripture says, everything pertaining to life and godliness. So we have more than enough. We have access to everything we need, and if we don't feel like we have it, then we know how to, you know, as the Bible says, that if we lack wisdom, ask for it, and he will give it to us generously. So if there's a place where we have questions, then we ask for what we need. But this requires us to broaden our relationship with God, that we recognize that he's our source, but a lot of times we I recognize didn't. that he's our source. We recognize that he's our source for like finances and jobs, but he's also our source for understanding and knowledge and wisdom and creativity and divine instruction. You know, there's a chapter in Exodus, I think Exodus 35, where he said he supernaturally gave them the workmanship, the skill to build um, the temple, right? That he gave them. The, the knowledge and the skill to have the ability to build the temple. So then how is God, you know, who is immutable, he doesn't change. So how is God restricted in helping us know what we need to know to move to our next level, to do more, wow. to broaden our, our scope? We just simply need to ask him and be open to how he chooses to reveal himself to us in those ways. I'm going to tell you, you can, you can just keep going on because that's ministering to me. 
Um, so how do we how just talk about this? There's something you just ministered to me, so I'm a little stuck right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the you you capitalized on the front cover of the book, walk, and you put yes. walking the journey from mm-hmm. rejection to freedom. Can you just briefly? And I don't want you to give too much away because I really want people to purchase the book and support um, the message, and then get the message and change and walk through this. So what is that really mean? WALK is an acronym, and it stands for Willfully Abandoning Lies and Know the Truth. Willfully Abandon Lies and Know the Truth. So the WALK is really um, begins with with the mind, right? Um, There's so much teaching out about um, the importance of our our mind and our thought process. Uh, Philippians tells us specifically what things we should think about and in exchange, we receive the peace of God when we dictate how our thought process works. So the first step in overcoming rejection is to change your thinking, right, to have a willful attitude. Now, we hear about people having a willful spirit, and a lot of times it has a negative connotation that someone's willful and defiant and rebellious. But I say we need to be willful, defiant, and rebellious against rejection in any thought that does not align or is not in agreement with the word of God concerning us. So we develop this willful attitude, like, I don't care what you say. If it doesn't agree with God, it is a lie. And the same part of that willful mindset says that God desires great things for me. So there is nothing that I can't bring to him, you know, not only in the spirit of humility, but also in the the, the spirit of expectation that he is going to right? He is going to answer me. He loves me. He cares for me. He's given me so many great and precious promises. Yes, Lord. Then why yes, can Lord. I not stand on those, right? Why can't I say, Lord, I know that you have shown me a vision of what my ministry will be. So, Lord, now I'm asking you to begin to place me before the right people who can do like Reverend Dancia. Just call me up one day and says, hey, come on the show. <laughs> and allow me to just to share my gratitude for God for being so faithful, mm-hmm. right? Because all this is is bragging on him. He's a great and mighty and awesome God. He loves us in such um, tangible and everlasting ways, and so there's nothing we can't bring to him. So our mindset now has to shift, right, that, you know, I, I talked to um, a minister some years ago, and he would say things like, oh, I don't bother God with the little things. You know, God don't want to be bothered with me and my such and such. And I was like, oh, I reject that wholeheartedly, everything. Right. If, right. He, if he wrote in the scriptures that he cares about the number and counts the number of hairs on our head, then why can't we lay everything before him? Why can't we ask him to to give me supernatural wisdom when it comes to this particular thing, right? Why can't I ask him to map out the plan on how to market my business to this new sector that I want to reach? He'll do wow. it if you ask him and quiet yourself That's right. and wait for him to answer you. He'll do it because he's done it for me, and I'm certainly not good at this thing. I'm just kind of taking it day by day, really. But I know that he loves me. 
And I know that he loves everybody that's listening to this broadcast. So there's nothing you can ask him for that he won't be willing to give you an answer. And and helping you wait as that answer begins to unfold. But we have to go with a heart full of expectations, standing on his word. There's There's not a single challenge that we will have in life or even in business that the Bible doesn't address. So now we have to become lovers of his word, lovers Mm -hmm. of his word to go and search out the biblical example. Like you did that for those guys who were helping to build the temple. They didn't really know how to to solder or weld or anything, but you supernaturally gave them skills. I would love for you to do that for me, God. Lord, yes. Lord, I'm I'm praying to that. You know, um, I wonder a lot of times if people understand the power in their own mouth and in their own words and in their own asking and in their own declaring. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because once, once we ask God, he loves us so much. You know, I just really learned how much, and this is sad to say, how much God loves us just last year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. I knew he loved, but this, this was – this was life changing. 2017 um, was life changing, and he loves us in spite of ourselves. He loves Absolutely. us in spite of our decisions. He loves us in spite of our looks. He loves what mm-hmm. how we see ourselves and how people see us. He loves <laughs> us because what he sees is a whole different thing. He just loves us. I mean, he loves us. there is nothing we can do to make him love us more or less. And I think that's the most, I hear that, and I heard that for years, but I didn't truly understand it until last Mm -hmm. year, the experiences that I had and fell in love with his word. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that word unconditional, we don't don't necessarily in the earth always have a great strong example of what unconditional really means. But he really loves us unconditionally. Like there is nothing, you know, just break the word down. There is no condition on his love. There's no variance or a shadow of turning. He loves us. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not with the kind of love that we we say, you know, I love you. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. that kind. This is true agape love. (laughs) The love that only a God could give. Because you saw the end. You said this in the book. He knows the end from the beginning. He Mm -hmm. already knows how much we messed up. And he still. Still loves us. Still still loves us, still wants us, still still holds his purpose and plan in place for us. And um, Mm. one thing, when it comes to, once we come to the knowledge, right, when we understand, like, really how much he loves us and how much he has prepared for us, then it becomes like this book, like a mandate. Like, okay, God, I hear you. you you're going to love me and you've got an awesome plan. Now I want to walk much more closely to that on a daily basis. How can I 
align every part of my life to pleasing you in this regard. Because I know your love is not going to change for me, but I don't want you to to miss on all of this return on this wow. investment that you made in me. Wow. 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 Because now, cause now, you know, there's, there's a scripture, I believe, in James that says that we he wants us to fall in love with him the way he loves us, right? Yeah. So when that loving relationship becomes much more mutual, it's in um, it's Luke 10 and 27, right? He wants you to love him too. So when we start getting more and more understanding and getting more awareness of the depth of his love for us, then we now have a desire to return some of that back to him, right? As much as we can in our little sad human fleshly <laughs> existence. But we're like, God, I'm going to honor you and love you back, right? And and the, one of the right. best ways to do that is by honoring his purpose and plan for our lives. So that mindset wow. has to shift to getting out of our you know, limitations and our insecurities and all of these things and allowing him to heal us of that so we can fully, fully dive in to purpose. My goodness. So you said the verse, but I want to read it. Um, I'm going sure. to read the New King James Version. And I think you said Luke 10, 27? Yes, ma'am. Yes. I think so. So he answered and said, you shall love, but this is profound still. I want you to get this because this really um, exemplifies you writing this book. So, and I'm going to, I'm, I'll, I'll break it down why I say that. So he answered okay. and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Then he has mm-hmm. the conjunction, and your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself. I want you, let me just say this, and I hope you receive this with just a praise God and thank you. So (laughs) when there are many people that write books and they write it with, with, um, that even though there's a mandate, they still write it with selfishness. Let me just, and, and this book was written, this is what I heard the Lord say. This book was written selflessly. So people will write things to um, put themselves out there, share with others, but they make it about them and not necessarily about others getting free. And so what, what, what just jumped off the page to me was your, your openness and transparency to ensure that others walk in freedom for real. Not This is not just talk. This is, I want to see the change. I really don't want to put my business out there, but I want to see the change in you. And so this was a selfless, godly, um, and I'm, I'm trying not to, um, I just want you to understand, it was written to me selflessly and written with for real for people. Because I, I, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of authors, I know a lot of, um, you know, just different people who, who do things, and they do it, even though God told them to do it, they end up putting self in there. This is not your book. I'm going to tell you that now. I hear you, Lord. This is not your book. Your book is about 
listen, this happened to me, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to have hope and know that whatever you have gone through, you can be free. And so I, I want to I pray for you first, Holland. Thank you, Lord. And then I would like for you to pray because I believe the anointing is on your life to bring hope for people. And it's, it's funny how you said that earlier, to bring hope for people and the spirit of freedom to flow through you um, because of Jesus Christ in you. Is that okay? Amen. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, Father, I, I first of all, Lord, before Holland prays, I thank you for the gift of Holland B. Nance. I bless you, God, for sending this precious soul to this earth so that people will see and know. Thank you for every experience she had to go through. Thank you that it will be used for your glory. And thank you, O oh God, that she's sharing it with the world now. <laughs> We glorify you, O oh God, and praise you, for you make all things work together for her good. Hallelujah. And we say yes to your will for her life. I thank you, God, for enlar- uh-huh. I thank you for opening this gate mm-hmm. for her to walk through. And I believe, God, that there's a field for her that is vast. And so thank you, Lord, that as she walks through this field, the flowers will bloom, Father. Yes, there may be a few weeds that come up, Father, but thank you that you have carved out the right path for her to go through the flowery gardens, Lord. Ah, hallelujah. And thank you, Lord, that the sun is shining on her. The S-O-N is shining on her. Thank you, Father, for opening the gate. Hallelujah. I bless you for this woman of God, the spirit and soul, and the embodiment of Holland B. Nance. And I praise you, God, for taking every single thing that she went through, wrapping it up, freeing her from it, being released, Father, so that others can be released. They keep her humble, Lord, before you. And, Father, I thank you for her being an example for me to follow in humility, and in strength at the same time. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Heavenly Father, it's in the name of Jesus, O oh God, that we come before you, Lord, with our hearts just overflowing, Lord, with gratitude. Father, tonight, Lord, I just lift up everyone who's listening live, God, and those who are listening on replay, Lord. But, Father God, I thank you that Each one of them are in your hands, oh God. God, and you are absolutely guiding and protecting and directing their lives, Lord. Tonight, Lord, I ask God for your healing power, God, to flow through every life, Lord, to heal from every hurt, every pain, every disappointment, every rejection, Lord. But not only just heal it, God, but give them divine wisdom and insight, O God, for the purpose as to why those things even had to happen, Lord, so that they can share the same hope, Lord, that you are able to restore and to refresh and renew and reshape lives, O God. So, Father God, I thank you now that you are empowering 
every person, God, with your divine spirit, God, and overflooding them with courage, with strength, God, with encouragement, Lord, and God, the mindset to know that they're going to follow you, Lord, with their whole heart, God. Continue to speak to them, Lord, during the healing process. Continue to wrap your loving arms around them, O God, as you are walking with them, as they reach closer and closer to the freedom, O God, that you have laid before us, God. God, I thank you for Reverend Dancia, Lord. I ask that you continue to to build and stretch her ministry, Lord. God, we thank you for her levels of influence, Lord, and we, God, we just thank you now that you're continuing to broaden them even further now, Lord. But, God, all of this, Lord, is for your glory, God, so that people can shout your name loud, Lord, and that people can hear and see us and watch us, oh, God, and want to know, hey, how can we have a life that's full of joy and hope and security, oh, God, and then we point them right back to you, Father. Everything we do, mm. God, is for your glory, and it's in your name. Yep. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and believe. Amen. 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 I, I thank you so much, sis, for coming on um, the broadcast on tonight. And I know we talked earlier, so um, I'm praying that you can be on in February. Listen, people of God, I want you to there, – there's so many people that are saying, you know, writing books and blah, blah, blah you know, all these different things, and it's, it's a great journey. But I want to <laughs> make sure she comes on and share that journey of writing because sometimes you can get, you know, um, blindsided with it because there's so much into it. But if you trust in God and you follow his plan, it's a beautiful journey um, as well. Mm-hmm. And so – um, Holland, will you come on in February and, and just kind of go through that journey with us? I'd love to. Thank you. Awesome. So join in again in February with Holland B. Nance. And so how can they purchase your book? <laughs> well, books um, can be purchased, and there's a workbook that goes along with this book because yes. I want to help people walk. When I say we're walking together, the workbook is walking you through biblical examples of how we can work through those hurts and pains and disappointments and rejections. But the book and the workbook are available on Amazon.com. Again, the title of the book is I'm Accepted, Walking the Journey from Rejection to Freedom. You can also receive the book from my website at www.hollandnance.com. Dot com. That's H-O-L-L-A-N-D-N-A-N-C-E dot com. So those are two great places to get the books. Awesome. Listen, you got an Amazon author right here, y'all. Don't say you didn't <laughs> hear it tonight. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Check her out. If you're in need of a coach, um, a creative advocate, if you're in need of a mentor, um, speaker, you can also book her for speaking. She's a writer. So listen, Take the time, Holland B. Nance. I'm excited about the journey for you. And so I want to thank you all for joining um, on tonight. Holland, thank you for joining tonight. I appreciate you. We'll be in touch very soon. Um, Listen, this is Dancia, Kingdom Authority, every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So grateful for my leader on this particular broadcast, Dr. Reverend Donna Ganning 
Kingdom Empowerment Incorporated. Don't forget you can check out other episodes of Kingdom Authority. Just go ahead and go to the blog talk blogtalkradio.com, Kingdom Empowerment Incorporated, and you can hear past episodes as well. I want you to put this one, though, on replay for the next couple of weeks because you all who are in need of hope, all of us in need of hope as well, but you that need hope on tonight, you need to hear this again. There's so many nuggets, and you need to take some a pen and paper or get your iPad out or get whatever you have, you Android person, not me, Android person, get your notes out, your Samsung note. Take some notes. There's some things that are help that will help you journey out to freedom. I thank you for joining again. God bless you and have a great night. Thank you again, Holland. Thank you. Good night. Good night.